This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Back from Arfield. What a Burnley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the fire plays the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! 
Michael Kidd! Oh, that's Come justice! On! That is justice! And they have Barely a level, and deserve to be! Hello and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast, full-time show with me, Joe Redmond, after Burnley's cruise control victory against Wigan Athletic yesterday sees us a step closer to promotion and, of course, the championship, thanks to Luton doing us a favour. Um, but I'm not too bothered about Sheffield United anymore. I had this debate with somebody on Twitter this week. I'm not even looking at their results. I mean, I look at their results just to see what the league table is, but I'm not that arse anymore. But anyway, joining us is official Turfcast panellist, Neil, uh, panellist? panellist Neil Layfield. How you doing, mate? Hey, mate. You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Um, and, of course, Nathan from Burnley Mundial. How are you, mate? I'm all good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really good. Uh, get your comments coming in. It's nice to see them coming in thick and fast. Uh, Dan, the sound man, says, <laughs> come on, you Burnlet. Chris P says, we are going up. They are going down. Similar to the last few weeks, isn't it? The teams that we've been playing. Uh, Resurge is uh, singing the, the new Lyle Foster song, uh, which I think is horrendous, if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, that's probably my only <laughs> controversial opinion that, that I've got at the minute. I, it just doesn't work. I, I, the idea of people... I, th- I think people are getting caught up in the idea of like 10,000 claret singing. Like, it just ain't going to work. I, I, I don't like it personally, but each to their own. Um, solid clarets. Here he is again. Better late than never. I started it at 10. I started it at 10. <laughs> I am not late, mate. Um Yes, uh, get your comments coming in. Dominic Golfer says, uh, due to shift work, I don't get to the matches a lot, but I made it yesterday. Great day, great result, and great for Foster to get off the mark. Yeah, Neil, I'll start with you. Thoughts on the game then yesterday? Pretty much cruise control, wasn't it? Apart from about three minutes where they had a couple of chances. But other than that, we just weren't troubled and we were by far and away the better side. Yeah, we we were dominated. We didn't have to get out of second gear, really. Um, Right, so they had a couple of chances, or Murich Murich will come on to... um, couple of great saves. Um, uncharacteristic mistake by Ekdal, but other than that, they didn't really create anything. Um, and it was just another one of those sort of days at the office for Burnley this season where we're just going in, just doing the job and not having to stretch ourselves too much, which is good. And obviously, delighted for Foster. Yeah, yeah, Foster as well, we'll get on to, but it's brilliant to see him off the mark. Nathan, your thoughts on the game? Because me and Neil were talking off air before you before you joined us. Yeah. And it's it's getting difficult to actually talk about the games, isn't it? Because all the games are pretty similar. We're winning every week. There's no real pressure from underneath us anymore. It's just a procession. Each game is a procession and the league is a procession. Yeah, we've sort of been spoiled, haven't we, now, with how good we've been playing. Um, so, like, it, it's sort of hard to... I don't know, get excited. The jeopardy's gone from the games now, really, because if we win, it doesn't change anything. If we lose, yeah. it doesn't change anything. So we're sort of like just trying to get through the gears and get through the gears. It sounds like really big-headed and like snobbish of us at this stage of the season. But yeah, like yesterday, we were just another another doddle, really. You just saw the gap between bottom and top and I and, and appreciate the circumstances that the Wigan lads were going through, you know, with the wages and stuff like that. So... Fair play to them for performing as well as they did, to be fair, under crap circumstances, really, because I had a down, t- down tools a long time ago if that happened to me. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, obviously, we've just played the uh, the bottom three uh, in the last few games, and uh, I think Blackpool looked the most organised. Um, mm-hmm. Wigan were okay. Huddersfield were absolutely dreadful, but I think all three of them are down anyway, um, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Um, Neil, Nathan Teller, he, he had one of them games yesterday 
where he was. And he played well against Blackpool, by the way. He just, he just his final final ball probably weren't there. Um, but yesterday it was. Uh, he had one of them games where he was just unplayable, wasn't he? Yeah, he's so fast. He's just so fast. Defenders must absolutely shit themselves when they've got to mark him because he's just he's rapid and he doesn't miss other than obviously last week where you just mentioned he doesn't miss when he gets a chance, um, especially when he's through on goal. Um, yeah. We just signed the contract, Nathan. Just honestly, just we need him. We just need him. Yeah. Just sign the contract. He clearly loves it here. We love him. Exactly. What's, what's the hold up? I think, I think the only issue with that is Southampton basically saying, no, you can't have him. But my argument is, if a player says, I don't want to come back to you, I want to stay at this new club, then player power is massive these days. So yeah. I can't see can't see Southampton being like, no, no, you're staying here. And then if he refuses to play, then they've just got a, an unsettled player on their hands. It's pointless. Yeah, well, especially if they go down, because they, they might not have some yeah. choice. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think um, you, Nathan, go on. I'll say it be... It's a no-brainer from our part, our side and Nathan's side, but I think like Southampton, they're going to be if they do go down, they're going to have to keep recruitment to you know pretty internal, aren't they? So they're going to have to pull back some warm players, yeah. and and I'm worried it's going to be a bit of a bomb fight over the summer for Nathan Teller, really. So the only way we're going to get him is if we just match, and hopefully that they don't have a massive sort of like buyout clause in this contract. So, but yeah, no-brainer, just get him signed and get just. Get as much of that budget for some sand on him because it'll be it'll be crucial next year. Yeah, well, the, the good news is that um, obviously we've been looking at signing him. That that news came out this week, although I didn't really share it too much on turf because I guess I thought, well, obviously we're going to be looking at signing him. You know, he's done yeah. so well this season. Like, it's not really news, is it? Um, but uh, was happy to see that anyway. Nonetheless, um, Foster Neil, good good for him to finally get a goal, and he took yeah. it really really well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Superb. He's been getting in the positions. He's just not had that goal yet. And um... yeah. Superb play by Obafemi to keep it in for him. And then um, from that angle, to be fair, it wasn't easy. But um, yeah, he's done he's yeah. done really well. And, and hopefully now that's it. That's that boost he needed and he goes on a run because he's had a few critics. Um, and it's purely been down because he hasn't scored because otherwise his positional play is covered. He's in the positions and he's getting in the right spaces. The striker showed he just needed that goal. And, and that should be it now. Yeah, uh, interesting. Nathan as well. I know I know we've had a debate about Foster on here before, and I think we had the big one the last yeah. time you were on it, Nathan. I can't remember, obviously, yeah. they all sort of like merging to one. But um, <laughs> it, 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 he, he had the chance earlier in the game yesterday, which it, it was yeah. a turn, not a criticism, turning hit, and nearly went in. I remember at the time saying, oh, that's unlucky, that. Um, but yeah. like, like I said to Nathan, it took his goal really, really well, didn't it? It's buzzing to finally see him get off the mark. Yeah, it's been it's been coming for him, hasn't it? He's been getting in the right positions. Um, he had that chance against Huddersfield, <laughs> didn't he, where he went through on goal and, you know, Biffed it right to keep his hands, but yeah. I just thought he were getting into the right positions. He were getting there like it's a different, different league completely. The championship, it's a complete, you know, it's a big basket case league. You know, you're playing against some ridiculous teams week in week out. Not necessarily the skill level, but just fighting and digging in and stuff. And he's it's going to be, you know, coming against defenses that are a bit more resilient to what he's used to. So. I was buzzing when I saw him score today and he took it really well. I thought that was the chances he had to score. That was one of the harder ones to, yeah. to put away. Yeah, angle was well tight. Really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah angle was proper tight. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, it, he, looked, he looked really happy with it as well. You know, yeah, like, he did. But like he he, did. His, his shoulders sort of went up. You know, I know they sort of went back up again after that and he, he kicked on a bit. So, yeah, I'm happy for him. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think as well, it'll it'll help him get off the mark, and it, well, he's off the mark, but it'll help him sort of like get more goals now. Um, and I know a lot of noise from inside the club is sort of like saying they're really happy with his work rate and really happy with his data because I think we're a club that does a lot of data and stuff now, mm. um, more so than usual. Um, so they've always been happy with him. So a goal surely should should only help. But um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How, how the one that you mentioned there, uh, Nathan, that he went through mm. on goal and just kind of panicked. Um, yeah. He panicked at that one and just didn't didn't even like like you said biffed it. Great great word. Um, and then, but yeah, and he get he gets that one that's like a difficult sort of chance, mm. like a snapshot sort of thing, uh, and he does really well with it. Do you think he maybe is is more of that type of player then? Maybe not a, a through on goal sort of player and kind of like a fox yeah. in the box type of player. Do you think do you think that's yeah. where he'll get most of his goals then? I think obviously I don't I didn't know much about him until we signed him, but looking at back at what he's done elsewhere, he looks like a, a bit of an out out and out number nine. You know, like a bit of a on the last on the last man, but only in the final third, not in that sort of running in the channels, you know what I mean? He sort of like loiters on the centre half's toes in, in and around the final third. Um but yeah, he, he certainly looks like he's got the technical ability to be putting chances away and hopefully we can start <laughs> playing to his strengths maybe a little bit over the back end of the season and um yeah. get him get him we'll slot him into our system but we'll also let us adjust to him and he, how he plays and stuff. So yeah. yeah. That's, Chris P said. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say I was highlighting it there. I know he said it a bit ago, um, but as Chris P says there, like the next 10 games is basically yeah. pre-season ready for next season. And that's going to help us, isn't it, Neil? So like bed the likes of Foster more into the squad and hopefully get more goals and hopefully, like like, like Nathan says, play to his strengths a bit more. Yeah, it's partly why I saw, I seen on uh, social this morning, someone did a survey about whether we've, we've spoke about before, whether we're going to get that record or not. And I, I don't think we will because I, I think company's going to try new things when we've got the title sewn up. Yeah. I think he's going to try different players and, and try different mm. systems and stuff ready for next season. Yeah, um, it's not only that as well. I think if we win every single game between now and then, we'll get 110 points. I, yeah. I think... I think. I yeah, think we have to win them all. For the next but, 10 games of the teams that we're yeah. playing, we're playing second, third and fifth, I think, Blackburn are now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be difficult. But, um, yeah, and, and even that, like, I do I do think we'll try different things and experiment ready for next yeah, season as well, like you said, Neil. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, obviously... We can get those transfer targets now. We, I'm, no doubt he would have had two lists. He would have had a promotion one and uh, if we're still in that league one and we can hopefully go for the promotion one. I'm sure I read somewhere that we've got a decent budget next year as well. So hopefully. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah, hopefully. So tweets about that. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how... No one knows apart from Alan Pearson company, but um, yeah, hopefully it's a he decent did. amount and we can yeah. we can go and get those players that he wants and start getting the team ready for that system that he wants to play in the Premier League. Yeah. I think you have to. They have to go out in the summer. We have to go out and, and strengthen again. I don't think you get anywhere by just dwelling on your success. Like Fer- yeah, Alex Ferguson was that word. He like he'd batter the league for years and years and years, and then every summer he'd improve. Whether it were backroom staff, players, yeah. you know, like he'd just constantly change it. And, and you know, even though he didn't need to, the squad were already class. But yeah, um, yeah I think that we're gonna have to definitely improve in the summer, even even more than we already are. So strengthen when you're on top, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't take you, You've got you've got to be ruthless with it. There can't be any emotion involved. Um, yeah. That's what Fergie were good at. If somebody needed shipping out, they'd be shipped out. It wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. be a case of all. We'll hang on to him because he'd done well for five years. If he's shit now, he's shit now. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. again, we might see a few players leaving um, in the summer. Uh, I just I just want to take a bit of a tangent because obviously I've not finished talking about the game yet. Because I do want to talk about Murich Ekdal and I do want to talk about Cullen again because he were brilliant.
brilliant. Um, but this is what I love about these lives. So a lot, a lot of you guys are a bit more up to date with all the latest stuff than me. I, I do sometimes, especially with a little boy and shit. I've got to get up, feed him, feed myself. I've not seen anything this morning. But Chris P says that Nixon has said that we're likely to get THB back on loan next season as long as he signs a new deal with City. So that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it, Neil? If we if we can get THB, but then then we'll have to have the debate of Ekdal, Bayer, and and THB all over again, won't we, for another season? <laughs> We will, but we'll need um, we'll need backup. Well, well, we need four good centre half for the Premier League because they're not all going to be able to play every week, um, and there'll, there'll be there'll be dips and troughs in form as well. So yeah, it'd be good to have him, and it's a nice problem to have that we'll have that that quality um, because we don't know we know Ekdal's good in this league, but we don't know how good he's going to be in the Premier League. Same for Bayer, um, it'd be nice to have another option if it's not quite working. Because it's obviously yeah. other than the teams, other than the teams that are in the sort of bottom half of the Premier League, it's completely different level of that league. Um, so it'd be nice yeah. to have that, that quality that we can just rotate if we have to. Yeah. There's going to be bigger peaks and troughs between games. At the minute, we just seem to be like peak, 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 and then yeah, a little, a little trough, and then peak, peak, peak. Whereas before player performances are going to be, I think they're going to be very up and down. Not up and down. I don't. Know. I mean, like they're going to find games that are ridiculously difficult for them, and then some yeah. games are going to find that are a little bit easier. Yeah. So having that rotation between definite three starter centre backs and possibly a fourth starter centre back, then it's going to be beneficial. So definitely um, getting to yeah, getting to be on loan again. It's a no brainer. If, if if a city are happy, then yeah, that's the only the only person we other people we've got with PZ City, and it would bow to their needs for THB. So if they're happy. And everyone else is happy to have him, and I'm sure even Beach is having a great time. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be happy to happy to stay here. But as Solent Clarence says, winning the <laughs> FA Cup will put us in Europe next season. Some more. Well, exactly. so we need all these players. We need, we need all these well, players. We, they ain't going to give us THB when we pot them out at quarterfinals. <laughs> quarterfinals, <laughs> yeah, <isn't it>? so, <laughs> better than two evils, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, true. Well, I know what you're saying there, Nathan. It's going to be interesting to see how we get on next season. And I, I know we've had this debate a few times, but there's going to be games where we don't have... I think we are good with the ball and without the ball, as Solomon mm. Claris also highlighted in the chat earlier that the Wigan manager highlighted it yesterday. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how we are without the ball next season against teams like mm. City and Chelsea, who who are very good with the ball. So, yes, we might not be with the ball, but it's not. It's, it's just going to be so difficult to get it back and then to how, see how we settle defensively with them sort of situations. Um, but, yeah, that's a different debate. Um, I do want to get back to the match. Uh, Murich yep. did really, really well. Neil, I know you're the leader of the Murich fan club and um, have defended him uh, on, on yep. loads of occasions, as I think we all have, to be fair. Um, pretty yeah. much everyone's sort of like level-headed uh, on this show and in the chat. Um, but it's uh, another great performance from you. It's a great save, the first header. And the second one probably should have made it, but two good saves that kept us in it. Yeah, definitely. And I was saying to you just before we started, it shows, doesn't it, when he was getting a bit, when he was getting a bit of pepper in for the mistakes he made. Um, I can't remember what game it was now where he, he just dropped it. I can't remember what it was. And he, he was getting pepper in after that. And um, and I said at the time, on the full-time show then, that if a keeper makes a mistake, they get punished, but everyone makes mistakes. And it showed yesterday that um, Ekdal made a mistake and Muric was there to bail him out. It's just that, unfortunately, Muric just doesn't have anybody to bail him out if he makes a mistake. But yesterday, he showed his quality. Um, yeah. Great says, as you say, one he probably should have made, but um, he made it anyway. But what I liked about it was when he was sort of parrying them, he was making sure that they were going to completely away instead yeah. of just parrying them back out. He was making sure they were going where there yeah. wasn't anybody and he had the awareness to do that. And then, obviously, yeah. he was doing his quarterback um, routine as well yeah. with an NFL yeah. play, uh, player in the stands watching him do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's good that it's the games like that as well, where he he basically can have a little deck chair and a water bottle and a good book for ninety minutes. But yeah, when he needs to, he can put it all down and get in position ready, and, and he does that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's good at he's good at staying in the game, even though it's very rarely he's involved in the not involved in the game on a shot stopping stance. But I think always as the centre halves always seem to play back to him no matter what, even though there's no point in passing it back to him. They always give it back to him, and then he resets it back to them just to keep yeah. Him involved in it and I think that's a really key crucial component to keeping him you know like the warm basically <laughs> in games yeah. like that he's a key part yeah. of, of the system that company wants to play he's, yeah he's we don't play like we do with any other no. keeper that we've had in the last seven eight years does he you know he's no. he's absolutely cru- crucial to that yeah Mark Higson says Mjoric gets better each game for me mm-hmm. he's improved very much on dealing with aerial situations which was the next bit I was going to come yeah. to you both about he caught a lot of crosses as well didn't he Neil mm. so that was good to see yeah. that's another thing he's been criticised on Yeah, yes. and I do I do think earlier in this that was the thing that was the only thing for me that was worrying me I didn't mind the mm. passing out from the back because obviously I knew he was told to play that but sometimes the crosses he did flap out but it's good to see him come out and collect some crosses with, with confidence as well yeah, he looked very confident in a show with the ball. Um, he's a young keeper. He's still learning his trade. Um, and we are going to see him getting better the more he plays. So, yeah, it's obviously going the right way that he's, he's a lot better now than he was at the start of the season. He's showing that it's working and his progression is yeah. on, on track. Um, he must look at, he was, must look at this as like his second chance because he, he flirted around the first team at City, didn't he? And he had a few cup games and then went on loan and he weren't he weren't yeah, great. Forest. So he's, he's, he's obviously... Not many players... Have a poor Premier League season in the debut at a young age, and then redeem it again. You know what I mean? They sort of get lost in the wilderness, either abroad or down the league. So, yeah, so using this chance to to sort, you know, to get himself sorted. And I've seen a few clips as well, like in the backgrounds, like the training clips. And like they seem to be doing a lot of like high pressure contact sessions in the, in the back. You know, like claiming for high crosses or claiming for crosses where they're getting pushed around a lot and. Um, so they obviously see, they've obviously seen some uh, rectified it and it's working perfectly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The True Red says, Murich, I have to eat humble pie with because he's adjusted very well under Vincent Company. Exceeded my expectations considering what he was like at us a few years ago. The True Red is, of course, a Nottingham Forest fan. Good to see him in the chat again, though. But, uh, um, but I did put a big post up yesterday on the socials. If you want to follow Turfcast, you can just go Turfcast Podcast. On Twitter, YouTube, well, this is YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. Uh, got some good responses. Anti football says two very decent saves and good to be reminded he is capable at keeping as well as sweeping. Um, Martin mm-hmm. Bellis says, was he meant to according to action? Chuck Norris, I doubt it's the Chuck Norris. Uh, more importantly, he came and took two good chances, uh, two good crosses outside of his six yard box and commanded the area, which obviously we've touched on. Um, an interesting debate going on underneath these these comments, though, is who starts at Man City? Do you carry on with Bailey? I'll start with you, Nathan. Do you carry on with Bailey, or because he's been playing in obviously the cup, yeah. or do you give now that this is becoming like the quarterfinals and important? Do you give yeah. it to Murich? Me, the football manager player, would probably put Murich in, but knowing company and knowing where he's played, he, he does tend to tra- follow a lot of trends that have happened, like at City that he has a dedicated cup keeper. Um, so I, I do think, in, in all fairness, it probably should be Peacock Farrell because he has played well in all the cup games he's been a part of. So it would be unfair at this point. And like when it was at City, he'd have, it was like Claudio Bravo, weren't he? He was an absolute, he had a rick in him every game. But yet 
he always played. He always gave a keeper a cup keeper and a league keeper. So I, I think I would put Murich back in because it's now yeah. getting serious and it's a once in a lifetime, well not once in a lifetime, but it's once in a couple of decade opportunity to get to a semi against a, a mad, you know, a ridiculously good team. So I would put full strength out really because the league's wrapped up in it. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think company will do Bailey. But I don't know. But then, as we were just saying earlier, I think he's careful of being ruthless and emotion's got to come out of it sometimes. And I think yeah. this is one of these situations where you've got to be like, I'm sorry, but yeah. you're not as good as Murich. It has to be full strength. Then, this this has yeah, got to be the full yeah. strength team. You're probably going to like keep Bailey on side for next season as well. Because I think finding a first team keeper is like, not easy, but pretty straightforward to do it transfer market. It's finding a, a good backup keeper that's on board and willing to fight and die yeah. for the cause when it's needed. So I think... It is going to be a it's going to be 50 50 coins, as I think. Well, literally, it's one or the other, but I can't call it. But judging what he's done in the past, I think it will be Peacock Farrell just because he's a cup, cup keeper, as it were. So. Yeah, nearly. Who would you play? Depends what we want to do because we were saying, weren't we, about trying a system out for next year in the Premier League? And I mm. said when we got the draw that it's a good chance to see lots of benchmarkers against Premier League. So for me, my head's saying go with Murich and play full strength and see where we are. It'll give the company a good idea of just how far off then we are. Obviously, I'm not saying that we're going to be anywhere near City when we go up, but it'll show how far off that level, being able to compete yeah. at that level we are. So for me, yeah. I would go full strength, but um, I'm thinking company yeah. might have that cup team. Mm. Um, Was that looking at the United game in Carabao Cup? He played Peacock Farrell then. Um, yeah. You know, we, we spoke about that being a good like, water bend, like, watermark test of where we're at and yeah. Peacock Farrell played in that with a very with basically it was the first team but with Peacock Farrell in that. Yeah. So I, I do probably think I, I would I would put me Richard personally because he's your number one in it. So this is like now number one priority game for me at the minute. So Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's just a shame we got City because it could have been such a such a massive game against like, anybody anybody else in the draw to fancy as uh, against yeah. even United more so than City at the minute. Um, yeah. although I know a lot of people disagree with that when the draw came out um, Cullen I want to talk about Cullen because he was fantastic again and there's not much more we can say about Cullen so Neil this is one of the no. things that me and you were talking about where like what yeah. more do we say um, but it's one of them where he where he, where he was doing the, the thing that he does where he just quietly goes about his game doesn't get many of the plaudits because he's just kind of mopping it up and passing it out and giving it to the more creative players to do the job but if it wasn't for Teller's goals yesterday, and I know Zorori got the man of the match from the sponsors, which, by the way, I don't know why they give it him. They obviously just wanted to no meet idea. him at the end of the match. They obviously just wanted to meet him. He did all right, don't get me wrong. I'm only bitter. It cost me 120 quid on my bet. He had, he had to have one shot on target, and he didn't register a single... And that was my only thing that let me down. So, Anas, if you're watching, you owe me 120 quid. There you go. There you go, Anas. Just send, just send it to at Turfcast Podcast and yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll make sure yeah. Nathan gets it. Um, but yeah, I, I, for me, we'll get onto the Man of Match later, but for me, Cullen was superb, weren't he? Absolutely fantastic. Just pulling the strings yeah. nice and calmly, doing what he does best. Yeah, he's consistent. He just, just does his job, turns up, does his job, shows no emotion, goes on. That's pretty much it. That, that's what he it's does. It's the same every week, though, isn't it? He just, yeah. There's not much more you can say on him. He's, he's kind of like Jack Court, but just on steroids. He's, mm. just, he's, just, it, he's just one of them players that doesn't get the, the plaudits that he gets. Yeah, I've chatted to my mates after the game, and he's like, he's just like Ron Seal, isn't he? He just does what he says on Tin. Like, you know what you're getting from him. He yep. turns yeah. up. He's, got, he's, you know, he's not got any fancy sock tape. He's not got any fancy boots on. He's not got any fancy haircuts. He's just playing football and just doing his job well and 
his consistent consistency is ridiculous. That's the thing that stands out to me. Not his technical abilities, his consistency every game. He's like yeah. an eight every game, and having an eight in your team every game is nuts. You know, like that's yeah. unheard of these days, unless you're at like the top top level, especially in his position as well. It's yeah, like yeah. key position. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah, frustrating. Um, you can't you can't speak any highly of him, but I want to, but you can't because there's nothing else to say. You know what I mean? He's like he's player of the season, like not even up for debate for me. Like he's without him in this system, we don't like say he just he's just one of them key players that it don't work without him. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. Like he probably won't get it though because he's not a glamour name. He'll be one of the glamour names well, he gets. Yeah, it. but but he needs to put fancy boots on and get a fancy yeah, exactly. haircut. Right, orange ones. Um, yeah, what he does, yeah, it does go unnoticed, and but he is a massive part of, of the way we play and the, and the season we've had. Yeah, yeah as as Mark says, there, Cullen is player of the season for me. Interesting though, I just went on who scored to get some stats about him. I don't know why I need to bother doing that when I've got Solent Claret just reeling him out for me every stream. Thank you again there for that Solent. <laughs> Um, but um, he only got... Uh, well, I've gone off the screen now. How do you get back on that screen? Um, I don't know. But I think his match rating was like 6.8. And I was like, what? He played much better than that. that so he's that. not even getting the plaudits off off the stats websites. But he had a pass pass success rate yesterday of 94%. Um, Goodmanson was actually better on 96%. Um, but uh, Cullen had 73 accurate passes out of 75, whereas Goodmanson only had 26 accurate passes out of 27 yeah. attempted. So you can see the difference there. And that, that, that ultimately on these sort of websites does bring his rating down. Um, but I, I just think he's fantastic. Um, I, I like the fact that we are playing now. I love Jack. But I'm going to say without Jack. I don't mean it as in Jack Perthley, but without the two in there, because you don't need the two players in there all the time, I think. I think it's good to see to see something different. But, um, mm. yeah, it's good to see Mark Higgson agree with you, Nathan, that we could get the player of this season. Mm. But I, th- I think it's one of them. I don't think he's, don't think he's no. um, Hollywood enough. It's not sexy enough. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's I was just looking not. through the Who Scored page there, and he's had, it's literally like 93, 83, 88, you know, all the way through. There's been two games this season where he's been low 80. <laughs> and that we're going to win 77%. And looping away at seventy five percent, and both of them games we still won. So that yeah. shows how like how is is the machine, and he's the is the part of the machine that keeps that ball moving. You know, he doesn't do anything silly. Like his his long balls are like minimal. Like he has no more than like three or four a game. So he's obviously just doing the basics, right? Get the yeah, ball, exactly, yeah. give it to an attacking player. Yeah, and that's what you need. You need, you need someone like that. Like I said, that that were Cork's role for ages. That were Cork's yeah. role for ages. Um, but um, now, now, it, now it's Cullen's. Chris P points out. I like, I like how Chris P's uh, giving the plaudits to the Welsh player, uh, Chris <laughs> P, the Welshman in the chat. Um, but he says Connor Roberts made fifty-six successful final third passes in the win yesterday. It's a championship record. I wasn't really going to discuss Connor uh, because we've done it a million times. Um, but he played. Brilliantly again, didn't he, Nathan? Another fantastic yeah, performance yeah. from Connor. Um, and I know we've said it a million times, but Connor before the World Cup compared to Connor after the World Cup, he's just so much better, and he is an integral part of the team now. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's attacking player. He's brilliant. He's like he almost doesn't really have to defend anymore now, which frees him up to be more adventurous and and, and do the overlapping runs and. You know, get on the end a few crosses when he has to, but yeah, the this the second we'll just forget about the first half. We'll pretend that actually never happened for Connor, but the first half of the season, the second half, sorry, he's been yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. One of our most consistent players again in second half of the season. Yeah, Neil, I know you. I know you. Uh, 
Um, a big fan of Connor. I am. He's he's obviously not listening though because he's not growing his tash back. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. good about that. <laughs> no. um, he looks so suave. Oh, it was class. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan. He's he, he's another. He's like Cohen. He's consistent. Um, and he's he's got a hell of a cross on him. Mm. Really good cross yeah. on him. And um, yeah, he's he's, he's actually like a key part of our creative play as well now. Um, he's a bit mischievous like, as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, I've, I've only started bit. noticing it recently. He's a little bit mischievous. We, because he, he had that McLean on toast, didn't he? Yesterday, not necessarily like one v ones, but he was just winding him up. The second yeah, McLean came on pitch, Connor Roberts was just on him straight yeah. away, uh, and it worked as I well. He started lashing out, yeah, at him he did. a bit, didn't he? McLean yeah. had, had a few nasty challenges in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Roberts just loves a pointless booking, doesn't he? Just loves yeah. a pointless booking. <laughs> it's not three nil up. Just get a booking. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, Mark Higson, just going back to the midfield chat, he says, do we need a long-term replacement for Cork in the summer, do you think, lads? Neil, I'll start with you. Uh, I think we've got it. I think we've got Cullen. And then yeah. um, we just need someone to play alongside Cullen. Um, but it really depends on what... It's like we, we touched on it earlier, we don't necessarily need two in the middle. Um, so as long as we've got Cullen, it depends how company wants to play. But I don't think we necessarily... In terms of coach replacement, that is that is calling. We just need someone to go alongside him, depending how company wants to play. Yeah, fair enough, Nathan. I'd, I'd yeah. just, just put my tuppence in first, actually. I'd, it's one of them. I think we don't necessarily need two in that role in a lot of games. But obviously, next season, I think we will need two in that role in more games than obviously this season. So it's going to be interesting. I do think Cullen is the long-term replacement for Cork because he, you, I don't think you're going to find many people as good as Cullen in that role. Um, but you just need someone to play alongside him, don't you, Nathan? So yeah, I, th- yeah. I think a replacement could come in because it's not going to be Bastian in the Premier League with all due respect to Bastian. So be interested to see what we do there. Yeah, you said what I was going to say. I think it, it's going to vary between... We're going to be playing like... You know it goes in the Premier. You play like two leagues, don't you? You have like your, yeah, you know your Premier League A league, and then you have your Premier League B league. So I think for them top six, seven games, we're going to play two midfielders, and I think that's where Court comes in. And I don't think we actually need to replace him next season. It will be the season after that, depending what happens. Obviously, um, we probably might replace him in not replace him, but get a backup ready for January, but. In the bigger games, I think we will play too, and it will just be Cork and Cullen again. And I think that that just seems to be working at the minute. And Cork's experience in the dressing room in these games is going to be pivotal again. You know, I said like other week that having them older heads in the dressing room for these younger lads in this new league that they've never played in again, it's it's going to be absolute key. So I think long term we do need to replace with Cork. Short term, first half of the season, I think we'll be all right because it will flip between the one or the two midfielders. Yeah, Mark Hickson does say maybe Browner playing mm. in a two with Cullen. Brownell is capable of doing a job there, but I do think he's a little bit restrained there. I would like to see Brownell further forward, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he played He played there when we were in the Premier League last time, and I don't think he... he I know it was a completely different no. culture in a club, but he wasn't effective playing there. He's much more effective no. further up the pitch. Yeah, yeah definitely. It almost slotted as like a bit of a number 10 money, almost like a... They have like a false 10 now. False nine, they have a false 10 now. They have a false bloody everything. <laughs> but it probably would slot in a bit further ahead of the two when it's needed. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I trust him long term as your defensive centre, like defensive midfielder, personally. Yeah. I think he. I- 
I think he got a lot of stick last season. I think a lot of players, sorry, fans were sort of like saying, oh, he's not good enough for us anymore. Unfairly, like, unfairly. Yeah, definitely, because he was playing in a a, a position that he doesn't prefer. He prefers to be further forward. And I think we've seen how... How um how good it can be further forward, albeit in a different league, a league mm. with not as good quality. Um, actually, I just want to want to bring up a comment that M Mac has brought in. Uh, what do we think about the future of Twine? Being unlucky with injuries, but think he has a future with us. It's interesting. Obviously, before we get onto that, I do think he's got a future with us. I think it was silly for us to spend that sort of money on him uh, and then just be like, right, you've had too many injuries, we're off, and and neck a loss on him. Um. But what happened with him? I expected him to be in the, on the bench at the very least yesterday. Um, I, I wasn't overally amazingly impressed with his performance against Blackpool, Neil. So maybe it was something to do with that why company didn't play him. But has he picked up another injury that I've missed or something? Again, might be somebody in the chat that knows anything. Um, I'm, I've not heard if he's injured or not, but I think he's he's almost like when we were having a debate about um, the January signings, he's almost a bit like that because he's been injured for so long of the season. He's not yeah. been part of the squad and, and learnt the system. It's almost like he's needing that time to learn the system and get into his flow. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit unfair to sort of judge him off this because he, he's missed a good, what, half the season? Yeah. So he's not had that that in, that bedding in period and grown with the team like the rest of them have. So um, I think there's definitely a future for him. And I think it's possibly one of them where he'll maybe go on loan. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's what I'd do. Again, put my football manager out and I'd, I'd let him have a full season of the championship Yeah, um, first. Because like you say, he's, he's, this is basically like, he's probably in around October. You know what I mean? If you put it in relation to when he signed it, he's probably at around the October mark. And that's when we actually, as a team, started kicking on. Yeah. So all the players like clicked, they got the system, they got the fitness in. He didn't. He just had to sit and watch us do all this. So, like, he's probably going to reach his not prime, but like his, his best part of the season as we wrap the league up. We you know we potentially might not be in the cup anymore. So, like, he's gonna, he's not going to get his chance to sort of prove what he's worth. So, I think probably next season, I think a championship loan would be beneficial for both. Both of us. Um, yeah, really. Solent Clarence agrees with you there, Nathan. Yeah. He says, I don't think Twine is a Premier League player just yet. Yeah. A loan to a highly rated championship club for half a season would work. And Mark Higson agrees with something I was saying to my dad last week at Blackpool. Because um, yeah, he, yeah. he got bullied off the ball too much. There were so many yeah. chances, uh, sorry, challenges where he just, it was too easy for the Blackpool defence. And I, I don't think the likes of Brownhill um, or Goodmanson um, would have, would have, uh, been muscled off the ball too easily, mm. so I do agree with that. I do think he needs. I, th- I think both both of them comments are perfect. Yeah. I think a year in the championship will help him become less lightweight. So I think yeah. it, it just makes sense to send him out on yeah. loan next year. I, I think he's exactly. a little bit nervous about getting injured again. To be fair, I think yeah. now, that, now that he's in and about in and amongst the team, I think he's a bit scared about getting injured and being out long term again. Um, so yeah, a loan move, get that confidence back, get playing yeah. week in week out, build your resilience. Yeah. Yeah, I said. I, no, I said. Remember that from last week. What you said about him being lightweight, and I think he's a bit of the odd. He's like the odd one out of the team. A lot of our players seem to be, even the players that don't look like strong, they are strong. You know what I mean? Like Teller, like he's quite strong to be fair. He doesn't look it, but he's resilient. He's like he'll, he'll players will bounce off him sometimes. But Twine seems to just not be interested. So whether that is a scared to be injured or not, or he's actually realised. Crisis is a bit of a step up from League One to where we're at now. Um, so yeah, I think it's, yeah, Championship loan, get a good preseason under his belt and see where he's at. So Southampton might need some players next year, by the way, Scott. If you're <laughs> listening, so. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll that's the point. If, for us. if they did want him yeah. as part of a deal for Teller, I'd do it. Like, yeah, yeah, if, if, yeah. Again, sorry, Scott, if you're listening, when they're chipping you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris P says, I think we're looking to loan a few players out next season. Twine, Churn, or Bastian McNally and CJ. I think, I think, yeah. With Coventry, very interested in McNally. I think we might have seen the back of him, to be honest. But, um, but we'll see how that goes. Obviously, there's been a few rumours. I've already seen somebody put in the chat about. Uh, Coventry are going to really step up the interest. I think Nixon said today, and um, hopefully we can use that as something to get the the big Swede whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. I'll have to learn to pronounce that if, if we do sign him. Though I just keep calling yeah. him Big Vic or the Big Swede. Um, yeah, so um, that would be interesting. I See think what I think what will happen is it, McNally will come in for next season because what we're talking about is what with Twine is what's happened with McNally. He wasn't ready yeah. for us at yeah. the top of the chat, the top of the table. He's then gone out. Played in a pretty decent Coventry side, to be fair. They'd probably be a bit higher if they didn't have their cock at the start of the season with the ground whatever. So I think yeah. Aldekiel will become the loanee for next season and McNally will be coming in as the third, the fourth choice rotation. Because obviously what Coventry are saying, they're saying he's like the real deal, like he's ready, yeah. you know what I mean? He's so I think that's probably what will happen. And I hope so, because I want to see him in our squad rather than elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, 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 now these rumours of THB mm. are have started about him coming back next season. If he'd have left this season, I think McNally would have probably been third choice behind Bayer yeah. um, and um, Ekdal. Um, but then with um, THB potentially staying on loan now uh, next season, mm. if if that does happen, then that, that pushes McNally down again. So we'll, we'll see. He might not want to be fourth choice, to be fair to him. Yeah. Um, but as Mark Higgson says, I'd keep him long-term potentially. I think I, think I would. I think... Even if we go up another season on loan, another season on loan wouldn't hurt. We might as well keep him. Um, I think I think we're giving de- a decent contract in terms of length. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll debate all that as obviously a, a, in the summer, a shows in the summer. Um, maybe have a summer break on Turfcast. Who knows? Um, I want to talk about Vitinho though, um, Neil, because obviously he played again yesterday, quite higher up this time though, because obviously we had Martson back and we had Roberts at fullback. How do you think he played? Because I thought he played. Okay, I found him a little bit frustrating sometimes how he didn't try and beat his man. Whereas if you look at the other side of the pitch, you'd always have Teller trying to beat his man. Sorry, not Teller, Zorori trying to beat his man and, and get the ball in. Whereas Vitinho, it kind of gives a bit of an imbalance because we get the ball to him. And I know it's part of the system, like keep the ball if you can and don't just do a wayward pass. But he'd always be looking to cut inside rather than looking to beat his man on. Whereas Zorori would look to beat his man and if he couldn't do it, then he'd come back. Don't know, I found him a little bit frustrating, even though he played relatively well. I just thought I wanted a bit more attacking um from him. What did you think? Uh, yeah, same, same as you. It's a little bit frustrating. Um, he's, he's quite a good attacking, but I think I, yeah, that's why well, I found it frustrating. But I think, I've yeah, seen I think really earlier in the, the season, past, I think we were seeing, um, because we were debating about would we, when Roberts wasn't playing, well, would you drop him and play Vitinho? And I was saying we've got Roberts for the defensive side and Vitinho for the attacking side. But now Roberts yeah. is doing the attacking bit. It's making Vitinho that bit more frustrating because he is better attacking. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not one to question. Yeah, I'm not one to question company because he's given me nothing to question about. But I feel like Vitinho's playing on the wrong side. It, it looks to me that every time yeah. he gets the ball, he wants to come inside. And then when he comes inside, he's on his weaker foot. Um, and then he tries to beat a man, but it doesn't really work because he's then getting crowded out because he's come inside on his wrong side. So I think yeah. he might be better on the other side of sort of like an inverted fullback wing or whatever and let him pop 
shots off, but I'm not swapping Batinho for Zerbury, so it's, I think yeah. Batinho's just going to have to suck it up, I think, until Batinho gives him an excuse to be dropped. So, Yeah, um, Solent Claritz, as you can see on screen, says, agree, I wish he would try and take players on, especially as their left-back have been booked. That, that was the thing that I found most frustrating, because it'd be a case of get it out wide to Batinho, it cut back inside, then we get the ball round the other side of the fence, up to Zorori, who then yeah. try and make things happen. It's like, well, you might as well just cut Vitino out and give it straight to Zorori in the first place. That's what I mean. It gave us the imbalance. And Mark Hickson does make a point, though, similar to one that you were just saying, Nathan. He did a decent mm -hmm. job on the wing, but it is not his natural position. Yeah, it would have been better if he's on his natural side mm -hmm. and a, bit, a little bit further deep, but you've got uh, Markson and Zorori on that side, so what can you do? Yeah. And our system, I don't think, is to beat a man and whip a ball in. That's all, That's what you put Vitino there to do, is to beat a man... And then naturally whip, whip the ball in, as it were. But it's yeah. not that. So it's it's naturally to funnel it down into the middle of the the, the eighteen yard box. And I think Vitino's caught between two position positions there that he wants to do the right thing. What his coach is telling him, but his natural thing is to beat a man, whip it in. So yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, but we'll we'll see what happens. As as Chris P points out, we do have Taylor as well um, for these sort of positions, but I think it's one of them where we think he will be off in the summer. Um, but yeah, again, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. I do want to get on to man of the match. Um, I always like a good man of the match debate. Um, I'm surprised. I know I've mentioned it already, but I'm still surprised that the sponsors gave it Zorore. I thought he played well, but... Um, I don't know. I, I, he should have. Well, I won't say he should have scored, um, but he had that chance, which he should have at least got on target for Nathan. Um, that, that he put wide. <laughs> he, he did well, though. He did very well to get the assist for the first goal, if I remember rightly. It was his ball on the left for for, for Teller, uh, but Teller was just. He had one of them games where he was just unplayable. I know. I know we spoke about him already, um, but he was unplayable, um, and that is for me, for me why I'm going to give him man of the match. He scored two goals, obviously two headers. You know, smallest player on the pitch scoring two headers. Mm. Um, but to get in front of his man for the first goal, it's a great run. We know we know how fast he is, so that's how we got in front of his man, but good movement as well. Um, and a good header back across the goal. Uh, sorry, flicking it across the goal. Uh, and then the second one, bit of a bobble in the box, but again, you've got to be alert. Uh, but then there was other scenarios as well where we're stretching the play, and I remember closing closing them down and just just making things happen. Like I did a debate on Turfcast this week. Um, what bit? Um, start one, bench one, sell one. And I couldn't mm -hmm. believe how many people put Teller. I was like, he's a, I think he's our leading goal scorer. I think, isn't he? Like, for me, I, I, for me, I think he'd be he'd be the, the on the bench. I think, but I don't want to get into that debate because people will tell me. I'm not. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my man of the match. Get your comments in, in in the chat. We'll put them all on screen um, as and when they come in. But my man of the match is Teller Neil. Who was yours? Murich always is no um, Teller. <laughs> Definitely Teller. Yeah, he's yeah, not the criticism. Go on, sorry. It's, it's like you were saying, it's, he's got the two goals, he was creative, he was in the positions. Um, yeah, it's got to be tough for me. Yeah, fair enough. Nathan? Yeah, I think no one else in the team had to do anything spectacular yesterday. So, you're not really looking at, you're not, you're not needing a heroic defensive performance from Bayer, or you just need them to just be consistently good, but... Yeah, but I think I think you might make the same point I'm about to make. But the only con like criticism with Teller is he probably should have had four to yesterday. Yeah. He's had two really good chances to get two more goals there, and I think some you know we need that extra bit of ruthlessness from him. I think, which is daft to say, our top scorer, but I think just that clinical get that clinical edge there, and he'll be banging in even more goals for us. 
Yeah, that, that the one that he put just wide. It's mm. one of them. Like I've, I always say to the people I go on the turf with, which is my dad, and that's just him. Uh, so I don't know why I said people. Um, but um, you can guarantee, you can put your mortgage on him when he goes through yeah. and goal. Like, and obviously yesterday, the first time, I think it's the first time I've seen him miss a one-on-one. I can't believe it. Yeah. But the keeper did well to close the angle down. I'll give the Wigan goalkeeper that. He did very well to close the angle down. And the fact that Nathan Teller got it so close, it sounds mm. going to sound weird. It's, I was actually that impressed with that. He's literally the only place he can put it, and he still put it there. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, tell her for me. Uh, sorry, I said me much in a tell her for me. Definitely yeah, the man of the match. But um, yeah. comments coming in. Solent Claret says, uh, Roberts, he confused the opposition all match with the position in 117 passes with 94% passing accuracy. Um, Solent Claret, you need to change your name to Stat Claret's or Solent <laughs> Stats because I love it how you always back your opinion. Football up hipster's yeah, choice, isn't it? That? Yeah. Football yeah. hipster's yeah. choice. Love it. You, you, you need to start coming up with some stats about how often Turfcast starts on time. Uh, which will probably be 100% of the time, but you'll say 0% of the time. Uh, Mark Higson says, tight call between Cullen and Teller for me yesterday, but I'd edge towards Teller man of the match. Resurge, another football hipster's choice. He says, Murich, well, to be fair, Murich, Murich, Murich kept us in it. Definitely yeah, think he was in it. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris P, I don't know if this is just, just a stat or his man of the match. Says Obafemi has two goals and one assist in five champion games, all from the bench too. It's probably be a bit of an out there shout for um, man of the match, though. Chris um, Dobe or Dubai eighty eight says Teller all day long. Players were bullying him, running around the pitch, winning tackles. Um, True Red says can't be anyone but Teller. M Mac says Teller work rate fantastic and two great finishes. Jamie Bud says uh, Teller a shout. Mark Higson says Bassie in a shout. I think you're taking piss now. Um, Solomon <laughs> Clarence says you were two minutes late today. I started it at ten. I started it at ten. Um, but uh, yeah, I tell you what I'm going to do. Obviously, I always like to do this towards the end of the stream. Um, and it's just getting better and better, isn't it? It is, of course, the league table. So I will just bring it in for you now. Obviously, it got better yesterday because of Luton doing us a favour. Um, and, of course, uh, Stoke, not doing us a favour, but giving us all a bit of joy on Friday night. So there it is. It's on your screen now. The Clarets are currently top of the tree, as we all knew, on 80 points. eight zero points. And it's currently March 12th. That's ridiculous. We are insanely good. Um, Luton Town, like I said, did us a favour, beating Sheffield United. So we have now gone even further ahead of them. 13 points as it stands. Middlesbrough did win, though, despite being 1-0 down. They come from behind at Swansea. So the gap to them stays at 17 points. You've then got Luton three points behind them. The Fiddlers, um, two points behind Luton. Then Millwall making up the playoffs on 57. Then you've got Norwich, West Brom, Coventry and Watford. Are Watford still in with a shout? Because if Watford is still in with a shout, you've probably got to include Preston. Yeah. I'd say it probably goes down to Coventry. I think Watford can say goodbye to the playoffs now, if I'm honest. And speaking of bets, Nathan, Watford let me down on a knacker yesterday. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, they let, they let me down as well. I was a little yeah. sick. I picked them. Yeah. So I thought, Wilder, new manager bounce. Exactly no, that. that. Exactly that. Um, Neil, yeah, probably. Neil, how good does that look? I don't always say it every every week. But yeah. it looks fun. Hang it in the Louvre, as they say. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's um it's not just that, it's it's look at the uh, goals as well. Seventy one goals, twenty eight conceded. Yeah, it's it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Totally I like I like comparing it to that last season in the champ with Dash and went twenty three unbeaten. Like at the end of the season we'd scored seventy two goals at the end of the season and we went twenty three unbeaten. We've scored 71 already and there's like 10 games left. Yeah. 
It just shows how, how ruthless we've been, doesn't it? And and, it, been, and if yeah. it wasn't for draws uh, against teams like Blackpool, admittedly Blackpool mm. did very well to dig in, uh, and the slow start to the season, it could be it could be so much better. It's mad yeah, that we're yeah. sitting here going how much better it could be and how yeah. good this is. But one of my mate yeah. Robbie always says to me like, just stop and appreciate it at some points because yeah, it's yeah. never going to be this good again. It's never going to be why, this good again. That's why I like comparing it to that championship season because that to me felt like it ain't going to get better than this. Twenty three unbeaten, like that's ridiculous. You know, like every game after January we just win, win, win. You know, that it would collapse. But like we finished that season with twenty six wins and fifteen draws. Like we're on twenty three wins already and only eleven draws. Like it's going to get better than that season. We finished on 93 points. Like, it, the, the difference is just ridiculous. And like I said, just enjoy it. Enjoy this moment because it doesn't get better than this at football at this level. Yeah. The only the only thing, the only thing that we can get better is if we win a major trophy next season or season yeah, after. Yeah. Um, that, even then, like the season itself might be a struggle, but with like a, a shining light of a trophy. But um, yeah, I think mm. that's the last thing for me as a Burnley fan. I've seen them win at Old Trafford, win at yeah. Stamford Bridge, beat Blackburn now, obviously a lot of times. We, uh, win at Anfield, although we didn't see that. Um, but you know what I mean? We've done it in my lifetime. I just, I just want to see him win a trophy now. That's it. I'm yeah. 35. You know, you can. You know, I'm getting on a bit. So just, just let me see something good. You know, don't let me I'm, wait I'm, 20 years until I'm in my yeah. 50s. I'm sort of like a bit, a bit apprehensive with the semi-final because I feel like it being at Wembley takes the shine off getting yeah, to Wembley does. for the final. Like it does. Like people are excited. Yeah, getting to Wembley for a semi-final. Yeah, but it's just the semi-final. Like we've done Wembley. We've been there. We've won at Wembley. Like it's fine. We've done it. We don't need to go back to Wembley and have a semi-final win, so I'm a bit gutted about that. But obviously, if we did it, it'd be buzzing. And we'd have two trips yeah. to Wembley, which is going to be an awkward discussion with the wife. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, Neil, um, it'd be even more, more awkward discussion for you with Bambino on the way and, and being a hell of a lot further and further away. Um but um, just want to quickly get everyone's opinions, even the chat as well, if you want to join in, on who you think is going to finish second. Because up until last week, up until this week, should I say, I've been saying, no, checking out will still have enough. But losing at home yesterday, to, okay, a, a decent looting side, but it's got to be a psychological blow, that, hasn't it? Losing at home to Middlesbrough, losing at home to Luton, the two teams directly beneath you. I think they might be crumbling now, but I'm going to sit on the fence, to be honest. I don't know. It can go either way, can that battle for second, and I think it'll go down to the last few weeks of the season. Who do you think is going to finish it in top two, Neil? Borough. Um, yeah. I think that, yeah, they've got momentum, which is massive in football, we've said before. But um, I also thought, I thought Carrick was... Um, like a new manager bounce thing, but he's, he's really not. They're playing some really good stuff and he's doing a very, very good job. Um, and I do think the wheels will come off at Sheffield United. I think the consistency has gone out the window. I think they're looking over their shoulder a little bit, um, which they weren't to start with because they were sort of just trying to chase us. There was no one I think near they had us. a 14-point gap on third at one point. Yeah, so said yes yeah. and now there's, all of a sudden that's gone um, and psychologically looking over the shoulders a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I think they've gone now. It's like the, if you compare them to us, like we're, when we have a bad game, we draw. You know what I mean? Like when Sheffield United yeah. have a bad game, they lose for like nine defeats. Nine they defeats. They lose three two to Millwall. Yeah. They lose. They lose one nil to Blackburn. Fucking Blackburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we, you know, we have a dip and it's a draw. It's a point. We still get a point on the table. I think Middlesbrough. Yeah. They're they're doing what we're doing. Is if they are playing, like, apart from that West Brom game, they have reason, but. They seem to just be picking up results, even if they're playing not well. So, um, yeah, fair I think enough. Do it. I, I think that's the only interesting battle, really. I think the bottom three are sorted. The, obviously, yeah. champions are sorted. 
Um, so I think the only interesting battle is the top two and um, the battle for the playoffs. As as Chris P says, and this is what I said on Twitter the other week to somebody who was saying, I can't believe mm-hmm. you're, you're bothered about Sheffield. You're not bothered about Sheffield United. It's because they're looking down. They're not looking up thinking, oh, what can we do to catch Burnley? Now they're thinking, oh, shit, how can we make sure we're not caught by Middlesbrough? And that, as yeah, we've yeah. already said, is the psychological thing. Um, playoffs. Who do you think is going to get playoffs? Jason says Sheffield United second, Luton third. He's gone Middlesbrough all the way down as fourth, Blackburn oh. fifth. Norwich sixth. Bookmark it. Remember the day. Right, Jason. Come back on the day. <laughs> come back on the day. And, and we'll discuss how wrong that was. There's no way Middlesbrough finished fourth. No way. Um, but I think playoffs... Uh, I don't know. I think Middlesbrough maybe still maybe still might just have a bit too much to do. And eventually they're going to have a blip. I think Middlesbrough maybe still third. Just... I don't... Uh, then I'm thinking... I, I, Luton just seems to be keep getting momentum. I think Luton will finish fourth. Then Millwall fifth. And then I think uh, West Brom might sneak into six. What about you, Neil? Who do you, how do you think playoffs is going to go? Well, I, I do think Borough going up. So it'll be Sheffield United, Luton. Oh, God, I can't see them making it. I don't know if I can see them making it genuinely. They are so poor. It's a travesty if they do make it. Millwall. Norwich have got a form. So I think Norwich might... might Overtake Blackburn or Millwall. I just don't know which yeah, one. Yeah, they started putting a run together, aren't they? Like, yeah, they, they there are, was yeah. a little bit stop start after um, Wagner come in, but now they started putting a run together. They're a little mm. bit stop start because they played teams like us. To be fair, um, yeah. but now they've started <laughs> putting a run together. Um, but yeah, I'm same as Junior. I just can't see, even though they've been so good recently in terms of the results. But they've won a lot of shit games 1-0, apart from Sheffield United. Right, that was 1-0, and that was a decent result against an okay side. But they're out of form as well. So every time Mm. I see one of their results, I'm just like, I'm not impressed. I'm just not impressed by it. No. No. Nathan, top six. Who do you think is going to be? Well, third to six, should I say. Yeah, I think Sheffield United, Luton. This is in no particular order. I'm not not that good. (laughs) I think it'll be Sheffield United, Luton. I think Blackburn will do it. They've they've hit that they've hit that turn of form. Just like you know, you need to at back end of a season, you need to just just to kick on a bit. I think they will get playoffs. Um, yeah. And Norwich, I think, will sneak in. But I also don't give a shit about the playoffs unless we <laughs> get to the final and lose. Which yeah, obviously, I don't. I, end to a I perfect don't, season. It, it will. I, it will. But I'm one of them. I don't want to see them get any form of success at all. So well, rather yeah, they finish tenth yeah. and eleventh, but if they do get to Wembley for Especially the semi-final. I, I just I was saying this to my dad yesterday. I need to stop mentioning my dad because he gets a big headed when I mention him. I mentioned him three times now. What like it's some sort of achievement to be mentioned on a shit podcast that your son does. Um, but if they do get to the semi-final, I just can't see him taking that many. I reckon they'll probably take about twenty-five thousand, and it'll yeah. look horrendous, and that will be hilarious in itself. That's what'll be funny. Yeah, half full. Yeah, half-filled and then drop half full ground and then they get dicked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, bit, a bit of me as well is like, there's only been like eight teams that have never been to the new Wembley and. They're one of them. So yeah, I they're one continues. of them. Aki Stanley as well. We're the only team yeah, in his language that's been. They're there with Colchester, Crawley Town, Ipswich, Forest, Nottingham Forest. Oh no, Nottingham Forest did go there, didn't they? Couple of playoffs. Yeah, last year. Yeah, so that no, must so be yeah, seven teams then. then yeah. Oldham and Port Vale. So they are down with some absolute tin pot teams. No offense if you're listening to any of them. Tin pot teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just know you are tin pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Statman's coming with another clutch. They only have a 44% attendance for their own games. That's yeah, horrendous. That is horrendous. A team that's currently in the third positions, you'd expect it to be a lot yeah. higher than that. And they were all talking on the hashtag last week about them yeah. getting potentially catching Borough. 
Yeah. It's just no one shows up. Their tickets are as cheap as anybody in the league. Like, I mean, fair play. Like, I'll never slag any team off for giving out cheap tickets because you should always make football as affordable for everybody as possible, regardless whether you can't fill your stadium or you can. So they they can't sell fill the stadium after them being that cheap. They're on the brink of potentially getting in the play in the Premier League via the playoffs, and they still can't fill the ground. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. They, they, this mentality that they're a big club, like they're just not. The line. Yeah. If if the very best they'll be is on par with us in terms of size in this country, that's the very best they'll be. If and if it wasn't if it, it wasn't for ninety five, they wouldn't even be in the debate. If it wasn't for ninety five, they wouldn't. Yeah. Like I always see people create these best Premier Leagues and shit, all the biggest clubs, yeah. and Blackburn are always in it. But if it weren't for ninety five, they, they, they offer nothing. Um, but enough about them. We hate yeah. them. Hopefully they don't go up. Um, we're going up. Um, and, but um, just before I do go, I'll put this comment on screen for M Mac. He says, "What is our average attendance percentage this season? It's got to be high." Solent Clarence, if you're listening, coming clutch. I can see Nathan tapping away, so maybe Nathan's uh, going to come in sure clutch. I'm sure I saw that. Didn't the club tweet that? Yeah, uh, is it twenty thousand something? It's twenty. It's I'm sure it's twenty half thousand. It's like ninety something percent. Yeah, it's got to be nineties. It's definitely got to be in the nineties in terms of percentage. Hundred yeah. percent. It's pretty, it's been pretty full, I'm sure the club's yeah. tweeted something about it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Solent's gonna gonna come up clutch if Nathan don't. Oh, Solent's in. I don't know if he's made a number up though. I don't know if he's made a number up. He says it's eighty-seven point yeah. four. I'm surprised at that. It looks. It looks about. I think. That. I think it might be a bit higher. Than, yeah, no, it looks about right. The average number over the season nineteen thousand seven hundred. So nineteen thousand out of twenty-two, you're probably looking at high eighties, maybe early nineties. Yeah. So is that just league or is that is that everything? I think that's just league on that I'm looking at. Um, yeah, anyway, next season we've got a waiting list for season tickets, man. I know. What's it's absolute madness. Absolute Filling madness. The waiting list is uh, massive. <laughs> yeah, and next season's going to be fun. We're going to be in the Premier League. We're going to enjoy it. We're going up as champions. Uh, top yeah. is Norwich at 95.3. Norwich have always done well. Uh, with that, yeah, um, there's no but anyway, the switch, so. yeah, true. Anyway, it's 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 it, we've gone past an hour. I know Neil needs to go, he's got a Christian to go. So if you have really? joined late, like I know, I know, I know a lot of people have done, then uh, once I end this stream, do not worry, the videos you can just watch it again from the beginning and you can just watch the whole thing, um, as and when you want. Thank you to everybody for coming on the show. Thank you to Neil, thank you to Nathan, it's been a pleasure. It's always good having you boys on. Thank you to everybody in the comments. Thank you to everybody watching, listening. Uh, the podcast will be up hopefully within the next half an hour. But as I said, thank you for watching. And I will hopefully do a pregame show before the whole match. I just still need to sort out a whole uh, fan to come on. But hopefully we get that sorted. And I'll see you later in this week. Thanks for watching. And I'll see you next time. Cheers, Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.